Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. So today when I got here, not one person in my home knows anything that I'm going to share. Nothing. So I get here, and Pastor always contacts the youth that are going to read Scripture. So thank you, Camden, because you already took my Scripture. All right? And then, Leslie, I want to thank you, because I was going to do Jesus Loves Me at the end of this, and Reckless Love. I had the words printed, and I thought, okay, thank you for stealing the thunder. But then it was like, no, that's not stealing the thunder. That's confirmation. And so we're just going to repeat some of this, all right? So if you have your Bibles, I just want you to get geared up. Don't stand up. So as I was getting ready, you know me, sometimes I do things a little bit different. Uh, I thought of several love songs from back in mine and pastor's day. So see if any of you remember these. This is back in the 80s, long before some of you were even born, okay? So what about I just called to say I love you, Stevie Wonder? What about Endless Love, Lionel Richie and Diana Ross? What about... I want to know what love is, foreigner. Don't think I'm carnal, but we did play love songs, and we're still in love. It's not that the 80s music sealed it, but I'm telling you, it was good. So saving all my love for you, Whitney Houston, yeah. I'm all out of love, air supply. What about Peebo Bryson's? Tonight, I celebrate my love for you. What about cherish the love, cool in the gang? What's love got to do with it? Tina Turner, the power of love, Huey Lewis and the news. So this is it. If you, if any of you sang the lyrics of these songs in your head, when I said them, stand up. <laughs> Don't nobody tell stories. If you sang those, stand up. <laughs> so the ones that didn't sing them in your head, stand up, because we're going to read the word, okay? <laughs> Kim, if you'll put up the scripture, we're going to do just the one from King James right now. Psalm 91, if you have your Bibles. This is Sister Glasscock's favorite scripture. And I think of her, and I have a video on my phone of her laying, literally laying on a deathbed, quoting every word. She knew something. And so I know I've brought word from this chapter before, but I'm going to read the entirety. Chapter 91, verse 1 through 16. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, 
Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Father, I thank you for your word this morning that has gone forth. I thank you that it brings life to the hearer. It brings life and nourishment to our very spirit. So I'm asking you now for an anointing to cover me, God, as I speak your word, as I declare what you have given me to speak over this house today in this love series. I thank you now, and I pray that we will not leave the same way we've come in. But Lord, if we came in feeling unloved, that we're going to leave here knowing that we're loved by the reckless love of the Father. And it's in all these things we pray. Amen. Everybody just turn around and shake somebody's hand. Pretend you're family. I know, we are family, Barbara. You're right. See, I love that. I love noise in the house. Hey, we're Pentecostal. We're not, um, well, I'm not going to say what we're not. Jeremy, where's Jeremy? He's probably working security. But we're not what Jeremy was. We're Pentecostal, okay? Y'all know what I'm talking about. All right, so part two of, of love is, and my title would be just, Oh, How He Loves. So I asked myself, what is love? And then, of course, you automatically, all these things come to mind. What is love? I could think of a lot of thoughts, but then one totally overshadowed all of them. And so if you'll just be with me in something that I feel like the Lord would want me to share, because most of the time when I bring a word to you, it's something that, that really he speaks to me first, and then I bring it to the house. And so as the, as the new year started, the new decade, was in, as the old year was ending and the new decade was starting, I made a commitment to love the Lord greater and with a new passion. So as you know, we started our corporate fast. Every day at six, I planted myself right there and I was loving on the Lord and he was loving on me. And I just thought, God, I want to know you so much greater, more intimately than ever. And I was meeting with him and I just felt something so powerful. So as the fast ended and as the prayer over here ended, it was like it was those cold mornings and it was, I would, my body was still geared to get up at five because it was like, okay, why don't you still get up and talk to me? You know how we do. We just ended, end up just letting, well, Lord, we did that for 21 days. If you'll just let me have seven off. Well, that seven off turned into a few more days. Not that I didn't pray. It was just early when I was seeking him early, I sort of stopped doing that. And so as I could see a fire during the fast, it was almost like that fire became just like a flicker, and it wasn't as powerful, not that I had done anything wrong, but I found myself, you know, during all of this stuff that was going on on the news, I found myself first thing in the morning, I would pick up my phone, and I went straight to Fox News, the national news, because I needed to know what was going on, and, and there was a lot of prayer going on for our, our president and things, but it was like that was taking precedence, and so usually during the day, I was go, 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 so at night before I laid down, I'd get under those toasty covers, and I'd get my phone and check out Instagram. Because, you know, I needed to know all of the events of pe people that I knew. And see, none of that's bad. But where I found myself, I would give him little. And I'd give Fox News and social media a lot. And so I felt very convicted. But I felt that the Lord was challenging me to get back in the closet and to get back to intimacy. He wanted to love me and show me that love. And one thing I have learned in life in your relationship with the Father, we have to guard our love. We got to guard that love. We have to guard the love between the spouse. We have to love, totally guard the love that we feel for the Father. 
So I'm going to jump off script just a minute. I'm going to throw a challenge to every couple and single people in the house. This Friday, what do we celebrate? Do y'all not know what February 14th means? Well, if you don't, you might get in big trouble. So this Friday, Valentine's Day. So starting today, I want to challenge married and single people alike, teenagers, children, everybody. I want you to start doing something to show your love. Just, I'd, I'd like for it to be from now on, forever and ever, amen. But if you can't swing it, can you just swing till Friday? Okay. And so I'm thinking, why not? And I'm going to tell you, like, if you've ever taken that test, like the love language test. Yeah, pastor don't like to take tests. So we just, I just sort of guess what his love language is. Okay. And so his love language would be like this. Hey, babe, will you scratch my back? Well, see, I bought him one of them Dollar Tree scratchers because I just can't stand under my nails <laughs> so it's like there you go that's 20 anytime you need it you just go ahead and so I thought okay I'm giving the challenge to the people so I'm gonna have to work on some things so why not before they leave for work or if you leave first when he comes home at night just kiss him say hey babe how was your day and husbands do the same why not yes thank you brother Kent so why not uh, do something special if you know that he likes a certain thing for supper fix it and husbands, if you're the cook of the house, if you know she likes something, and if you cook, cook her something. I'm going to just tell you something. There's nothing more attractive than a man with a vacuum and a mop and cooking dinner. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Helping the kids with homework. And it's just like all that is is just showing a little love. You might think, well, actually, that's going to cost a lot. It really doesn't because love doesn't cost anything. It just costs a little effort on your part. And so maybe for not just the married people to show love to their spouse, but why don't we all find a widow, find a shut-in? Maybe it's a classmate. Maybe it's somebody at work that you feel like you need to extend love. And I, I thought of something last Sunday night in our Connect Group class. David was going to make a call. He works for FedEx, and he said that when he pulled up to a place, he thought his mission was just to go make this call, but when he saw this lady very distressed, he knew that his call was for this. And he said she was obviously out of sorts. He said, I got out of the truck. He said, I walked over. And he said, I, he put his arm around her at some point and just said, you look like you could use a hug. That was a stranger. But when we portray the love of God, you don't have to know somebody to show love. Because how do you know the Lord's not putting you to the test? And this is something I thought about even our single guys and girls if you can show love genuine love to other people then how do you know God's not just using that what you're showing to cultivate something for when you have a spouse you got to learn to love before you say I do and I'm going to tell you there's people I mean you know in our town you know Dr. Jingle I said you know it's I know we've been here a long time but he tells pastor I love you He'll tell me, I love you. That's the chiropractor. But can I tell you something? The love of God doesn't just stay in here. So what is love? To me, love has feet. And love has hands. And love has words. Because sometimes just a pat on the shoulder, hey, you're going to do okay. You know, or just a random text, that's love. So it doesn't cost to show love. So we need to fall back in love. So look over at your neighbor and tell them you love them right now. Yes. 
So the scripture we read from, it really doesn't talk about love. But the first scripture that comes to my mind is about loving your neighbor. Let me read this. Mark 12, 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So if it's the first commandment, then that means it's weighty, and that means it's not optional. That means it's a command that we love. We love him with everything, not half-hearted. Because honestly, I wouldn't be married 31 years if I or pastor loved half-heartedly. We love wholly. You can't love half-heartedly and expect anything to be totally coming into alignment with the, what the Father has and what His command is. So if we love God wholly, then it's going to help us love our spouses, our neighbors, people we don't even know. We're just going to love everybody. So again, in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Again, in Luke 10, 27, it repeats the same verse, but it adds a little something to the end. And thy neighbor as thyself. I saw something the other day on Pinterest. It said, uh, Lord, I love you, but some of your children get on my last nerve. <laughs> yeah, because see, his kids are everybody. It could be your spouse, and they probably get on your nerves. But it's God's kids. So go back to that, and thy neighbor as thyself. 1 John 4, 7 through 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So if you don't love, then how do you know God? So what is love? God is love, and love is God. Say that. Love is God. And God is love. Isn't that so simple? Super simple. But that's the way I have to see things. I can't go out on the, some far out tangent. I got to get it where it's close to me, where he can speak to me. So one thing I thought, so with the new decade, I wanted to get it right. Because in the former decade, I didn't get it right. I didn't always nail it. And to say that I'm always going to get it right in this decade... I'm not positive, but I'm living each day to try to get it right. I want to love like him. I want to be like him. But sometimes, if you can relate, sometimes I'm so concerned about getting it right that I miss a lot. Because I want to get it right. I just want, oh, I just want to do this right. Well, sometimes if we can just free fall and say, okay, God, I love you. I love all your kids. I love everything. And it's like, okay, well, I can capture your heart then, and I can take you to places you never thought you could go. I will show you things that you never thought you could see, and all it was was you just let all resistance go, and you loved him. So as I went back, as he was drawing me back to the closet, I got in my mine and pastor's closet, and I took a blanket, and I just laid in there, and I thought, it's not anything huge, but he dropped something just really hard into my spirit. It was like, I've been so worried about end results. I've been so concerned about how things are going to work out in every aspect that it's almost like, he said, really, your job is to love me with all your heart, with your mind, your soul, and your strength. So if you want to write six simple things, you're going to remember them because it's not anything super um, theological at all. It's just simple. You love him first with everything that's in you. And then you worship him. 
So when you come to prayer, don't get in the prayer room. Don't on your way to work. Don't start praying for everything like, Lord, I need my house payment paid. I need this. I need my children to get in this. I need this. I need that. You've done lost it. You've done lost the point of what he said because he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So it's not rocket science, really. It's just, hey, love me. And so that's the thing he dropped in me. Love him. And after I get through loving on him, and this is the way I start praying him, I thank him that he's my healer. I thank him that he's my salvation and he's my song. I thank him that he's the banner over me. I thank him that he's my shield and my defense. I thank him that he's my strong tower. And you know what? He's my fortress. And when I'm afraid, he's my knight in shining armor. And I'm thankful for all that he is. He's my healer when I'm sick. He's my deliverer when I'm bound. And he's my victor when I need to be a conqueror. He's already said I was, so why not? So hereafter, I thank him for everything. I heard a baby, she was three years old on Instagram, and she was just praying a prayer on the way to preschool. And those eyes were slammed shut, and she said, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, you're going to let me grow up. I thank you, you let me get bigger. And then she said, and God, I thank you. You're beautiful. You're beautiful, God. And it broke me, and I thought, so you, you know what we do because we've learned better, because we've been raised in church, or maybe we feel like we have to approach him something so massive in such an elegant way. But instead, I got in that closet that day, and I laid before him, and I said, you're beautiful, God, because he is. He's beautiful, and he's lovely, and he's holy, and he's everything that I'm going to need. So all the things that I bring sometimes to the prayer closet— you know, you don't see it. Maybe you don't see it visually. But sometimes we drag a bunch of junk in the prayer closet. And we start praying over it. It's time that we take that into the prayer closet and leave it. Leave it there. So my job is to love him with everything, to worship him, then to spend time in his word. Because if I know his language, that's his love language, is the word of God. If I know it, if I, even if I don't read it, if I get in my car and I'm listening to it, it's still going in. So don't get hung up. Well, I don't read the Bible like I should. Get you some Bible on, uh, on your phone and just play it because it's the same thing. You don't have to read it to hide it in your heart. It's just got to go in. It can go in your hearing or you can read it either way. It's going in. Number four, love your family. Love your family. Don't get so bent out of shape making everybody else happy that you neglect the ones that God has given you trust over. He's told me I was a steward of them. And a lot of times, you know, because I'm a stay-at-home mom, there's times that it's like, okay, well, what do you bring? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I bring a lot. Because I look at Proverbs 31 because she looks well to the ways of her household. And that's what I do. You don't want to get... This mama, the enemy don't want to get this mama riled up. Because I'm going to tell you something. See, I'll look at things. We got ADT where predators can't come in. But I'm telling you, if we didn't have ADT, we got the Holy Ghost. And there's a mama in that house that's got that eagle eye. Like you mess with one of mine and you done mess with me. You've messed with the wrong person. Because I don't come in my own strength. But I come in the name of the Lord. Because I've loved him with all my heart. I've worshipped him with all my heart. Now I've been in your word and I've heard your love language. Now I'm going to protect what you've given me stewardship over. So that's, that's my family. Then number five, love his kids. That means all of his kids. All of his kids. You can't say, well, I like this group, but I don't like that group. 
can't be prejudiced and make it to heaven. You got to love all his kids. All of his kids. So that's number five. Number six. Now this is really the weighty one. Rest and be ready for the next day. Love yourself. Really? Isn't that just so weighty? Not profound, but I got it. So what is love? He speaks with simplicity, but sometimes we're waiting for something philosophical when it's like almost like on the shampoo bottle, rinse and repeat. So this is what I thought. This is my language. I had to love him with all my heart. I have to worship him with everything that's in me. I have to know his love language. I have to love my family. I get to love my family. I get to pray. I get to read his word. I get to love all of his children. I get to rest. Say to yourself, it's not wrong to rest. Have you bought into that concept that you think it's bad? I remember when we first started pastoring, you know, when we were evangelizing, it was nothing to be out till 2 in the morning, you know, because evangelists love to eat late and they love to sleep late and play rook and all this stuff. So we did, and we raised our babies in a camper, and it was just some of the most treasured time. So when we started pastoring, that was like, okay, we got to be up. Because these people work jobs and they're going to expect the pastor. So at 3 in the morning, people would call and he tried to act like he hadn't been asleep. I said, look, that's crazy expectations. They know you sleep or you're going to be dead. And so this is the thing. It's not a sin to rest. I would say don't be lazy, but it's not wrong to rest. Melissa, could you say that to Mike? It's not wrong to rest. Wherever Mike is, it's not wrong to rest. He's here all the time all the time doing things. He'll come from work and he'll come over here straight from work and start doing something. And so, yeah, it's not wrong to rest. You got to love yourself. So, rinse and repeat. It's time that we do things from love and not for love. You have to serve him from love, not for love. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. Lane, will you come? Brother Ken, I'm sorry that it's Crimson Tide. He told me it needed to go to the garbage, but we're going to just use what we got, okay? You just envision this as you want to. Kim, will you put on the scripture, the Passion Translation, Psalm 91? So, you know I'm visual, and I got my little trusty aid up here. Psalm 91, the Passion Translation says, When you sit enthroned under the shadow of, the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have a spirit or to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. And that's a good one. Now listen, number six. First exclamation of this chapter. Don't fear a thing. Exclamation. Emphasis. Don't fear a thing. Whether by night or by day, demonic danger will not trouble you. Nor will the powers of hell or powers of evil launched against you. 
Verse 7, even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. Verse 8, here's another emphasis. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they've done. Exclamation, emphasis. Don't worry about seeking vindication because you know what the word says. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't you get all caught up in that because then that's going to get into the business that you can't love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your body, and strength. You can't love your neighbor if you're harboring things. So my thing today is we got to shake off stuff that's keeping us from loving God, loving like Jesus, and showing that love to those that are around us. Number nine and ten, when we live our lives within the shadow of God most high, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. Always. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling over every one of beneath your feet. Exclamation. Let me just tell you, you know, because I'm visual. So when it says this, verse 13, you will even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling over every one of them beneath your feet. So this is what I see. You got to make a choice because God's got his eye on you because he made you. But you got to make a choice to go to the secret place. And so this is my thing. The enemy's breathing hot on your heels. He's breathing down your neck and he's trying to bring harm against your family, against your home, against you personally. I had to, first of all, I came into the secret place. I love him with all my heart. I'm worshiping him. I'm hearing his love language to me. I'm loving on him, but then I'm, I'm hiding under this because I think of that song, Can't Touch This. It's like, you're out here, you're on your own. You're in here, and it's like, you can't touch this. That's it. Verse 14. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you delighted, you have delighted in me as my great lover, I will greatly protect you. I will set you in a high, safe, secure, because you're under there before my face. Verse 15, I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will find and feel my presence even in a time of pressure and trouble. I will be your glorious hero and give you a feast. Wow, he's our hero. Number 16, you'll be satisfied with full life and with all that I do for you. Another exclamation, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Exclamation, emphasis. You got to understand it don't matter what you're going through. And this is what I have to see. I have to see this. This morning as I was just praying over this service and praying that he confirms his word and he did it. He confirmed what, he, what I was supposed to bring with Camden Scripture and the worship team. He confirmed that. And I was, I was laying before him. It was almost like I got in there and I was silent at 4.30 this morning. And it was like, listen. And I could see like a little girl stretching up to hear what my daddy was going to talk to me about. 
But can I tell you, he's only going to speak to you when you're hiding in that secret place, secret place with him. So in the secret place, you find he's your protection. He's your strength. He's your shelter. He's your shield. He's your safety. He's your security. And he's your salvation. So what Psalm 91 means to me, it makes me feel like an open invitation. He's inviting me on a date that never ends. Oh, we go on dates. You know, Lauren was born on our third anniversary. So dating pretty much stopped on, Valentine, on our anniversary. And then we took babies always to every meal we had on Valentine's Day. But you know what? I love that. Because that, that was a product of he and I. We always put God first in everything we've done. But can I tell you something? It's something a little bit more special. When you know the God of this universe is inviting me on a date that never ends, he'll show me love up close and personal, almost like a hideaway. Oh, how he loves. So I'm going to read these lyrics to Reckless Love, you know, that the team's already stolen <laughs> before I spoke a word you were singing over me so could you imagine you've been so so good to me before I even took a breath you breathed your life in me you have been so kind to me oh the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of God it chases me down fights till I'm found and he leaves the 99 I couldn't earn it I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Listen, this is one of my favorite parts. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Why? Because your love is relentless. Brother Ken shared something in the prayer room this morning about a situation that happened with Kelly in her neighborhood. There was a man shot and killed, and she never even heard the shots. Now, I don't know about you, but I just don't think that that's an accident. I honestly don't think that's an accident. He said, we were pleading the blood of Jesus over Kelly's house when she moved there. I'm going to tell you, I don't know, because I know the prayers of the, of the parents. But Tuesday, I sent Kelly the Passion Translation of Psalm 91. You don't know. But see, whenever you're under the shadow of the Almighty, under the protection, and you love Him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, you get in His Word to know His love language, you worship Him, you love on your family, you love on all of God's kids, then it, it sort of takes everything away from you being self-centered. Somehow... The secret place makes you selfless. And I'm going to tell you, there's some things that I've been carrying to the secret place. I've lost a page on my notes, but let me just tell you something. I've been taking my family to the secret place. I've taken my marriage to the secret place. I've taken our finances to the secret place. I've taken this church body to the secret place. Why? Because I love. I do it from love. I'm not doing it to earn their love. I'm doing it from love. Why do you think that this Olive Branch Ministries 
is going forth with such power. Because Angie and the ones that help, but Angie, you're the one that had the vision. And you didn't do it for love. You did it from love. And so God's hand is on that. He's marked it. So for every person you feed, Jennifer in the, prayer, in the closed closet, and I would say prayer closet, no doubt there's prayers that's been prayed over everything that's in that room. When Clay and Robert and Angie went in there and built these shelves, no doubt that would not have ever happened. You wouldn't give your time if you didn't love it. So you're not doing it for love. You're doing it from love. And if you can somehow just get that, that we've got to do it from a heart of love. Currently, I'm reading a book called uh, Birthing the Miraculous by Heidi Baker. And she said, God is looking for a people he can so immerse in his love that for the rest of their lives, they will have to survive inside his heart. Some of you might say, well, I'm barely surviving. Why not get in the secret place and just be consumed in his heart. In his heart. Another thing she said, nothing else will matter to you in that secret place. Because you can hear the heartbeat of God for yourself. It won't be something that pastor shares with you. Because word can go forth and that's great. But nothing will take the place of the intimate relationship in the shadow of the Almighty. Nothing. You can come to classes, you can listen to podcasts, you can do whatever. But when it comes, push comes to shove, you're flat on your back. It's just you going in the operating room. It's just you that's battling something in your marriage or you that's having financial issues. Nobody can fix your problems. You can't fix your problems. So you can go in the prayer closet and worry your prayers until you lose your breath. And it's not going to avail nothing, nothing. But when you get in the secret place, you love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, your strength. And then you get into his word and then you worship him for who he is and who you are because of him. You love on your kids. You love on his family. You rest. Is that a huge combination? Is that something so weighty? I don't think so. I want you to leave today knowing that his love is already paid for. He's already showing it to you by everybody take a deep breath. Now let it out. Isn't that something? He loves you. That's love. When you get, become immersed in the love of the Father, that's when you begin to love like Jesus. How many remembers the old hymn, The Love of God? This came to me so strong. It was, I'm going to read just a couple of these little verses. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The chorus is, O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels song so let me just tell you something there's a song you can sing him in that closet in your secret place it's a song that not one person in this building can sing it's a song a love song to him from you we don't have the same dna through the blood of christ we do but when we get in that secret place he says sing to me baby and i might just say you're beautiful lord 
You're kind. You're gracious to me, oh Lord. I don't deserve your love, but I thank you that I'm not trying to earn it because you've already bought and paid for it. So every day when we're doing communion, even this morning as I was partaking, I thought, so what is love? When I can take communion, it's a reminder of the greatest love. That he gave everything. That today, if he had done it just for one person in this room, he would have taken the beatings. He would have taken death. Because see what that's done? When I pop that little communion every day in that wafer, I thank the Lord and I do it in remembrance. But I also have to go over a little bit and say, and I'm doing this for hell to take note. That your blood still speaks. Your blood still heals. Your blood still saves. Your blood still delivers. Your blood still sets the captives free. And your blood conquered death, hell, and the grave. And one day when you come back, it's going to be because the blood has been applied to my life and I'm out of here. I have been in the secret place with him because of the blood. Because he's wooed me. He's drawn me. Drawn me into this beautiful, amazing love. Think about those lyrics. It's extravagant. It doesn't make sense. So why would he, with all of our faults and our failures and all of our weird hang-ups? But can I tell you, if we're made in his image, that speaks something, right? So he loves us with our hang-ups. He loves us in our weirdness. And I love him because he loves me. He loved me first. So I'm going to love. I'm going to show people love. I'm going to reach out to people that I don't even know. Just a little pat on their shoulder. Just a little word of kindness. So what's love? Love is God. God is love. And oh, how he loved. It's a little strange. But as I was just praying about even how to end this message, the worship team had already sang this song. I'm not even going to ask anybody to stand. This is going to be where we conclude the service. But I want us, Colin, will you get that Jesus loves me ready? Will you do this with me? It's not going to require a lot. But I want you to just do your arms like that. And just sort of squeeze yourself. I remember one several years ago when we were over here at the church praying. As I was laying on the floor, it was like I could feel something. I, I, was ha I had my arms up like this, but I was squeezing myself, and it was almost like, Ashley, receive love. This is from me. Because sometimes we don't think that we're valuable enough for the love of the Father. And as I laid there, I sort of squeezed myself a little bit tighter. And I started hearing words of affirmation drop in my spirit, like, I love you, Ashley. I said, I know you do, Lord. He said, I love you, and I've got a purpose for you. And I said, I know you do, Lord. So everything that would come to my mind, I would speak it. It was not because I felt like I deserved it, but I knew that at that moment, it was pivotal for me to understand the very love of God. So what we're going to do we're going to sing Jesus Loves Me to Herself. I got tickled because the second verse, I used to sing it to Lane because we had some days from the years of two to four. 
And I thought, God, and I remember my grandmother said it about my dad. She said, God, if I can just get him raised. She said, every time I put an apron on, Wilbur would come behind me and untie that apron, and it dropped to the floor. He was so mischievous. I just sort of have a feeling that today he's looking over. Today I just have a feeling that secret place that he walked in, that the prayers that he prayed were selfless because he prayed for generations to come. So if somehow you can understand that what you're dealing with is no big deal to the Lord, if his word is true that nothing is too hard, I break it down and I write no, N-O dash thing is too hard for God. So in my secret place, I pray from love, not for love. So hug yourself. If you want to shut your eyes, because some, sometimes we get hung up thinking everybody's watching us. So just everybody shut your eyes. I'm at the point now, I don't really care what anybody thinks of me because I'm in the secret place. And I'm seeking for his approval, for his hand of anointing. Let's sing it. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And for you that don't think you're worthy, Jesus loves me when I'm good, when I do the things I should. Jesus loves me when I'm bad, though it makes him very sad. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. If y'all just cut the music, how many remembers this song? And I'm going to pray after we sing it. You remember Love Lifted Me? Love lifted me. Sing it. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help. And do it like we used to do it. Love lifted me. Father, I thank you that your love has lifted me. So what is love? We all have separate, maybe different definitions. But today we understand that love is that secret place where we come to know you and we love you with all of our heart, 
all of our minds, our bodies, our strength. And then we worship you for who you are. You're beautiful, God. You're mighty. And you're holy. And you're great, big, and you're awesome. And you're everything that we need. And I thank you that we hear you loud and clear with this psalm. We hear the love language that's coming forth from it. That nothing can harm us. Nothing can touch us. And you'll give us long life and we'll be fully satisfied. And that's just from this one chapter. That's your love language to me, Father, and I love you. I'm covered. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that because of that love language, then I know how to love my family. And I know how to love all your children. And then I rest in that love. And I love myself. God, I thank you that you're the God of the secret place. And Lord, if we can just understand the weightiness of your love, that we don't have to do tricks for you, Lord. We don't have to jump through hoops to get your approval. God, there's times that we've all failed. But God, we can leave here today knowing that you love us deeply, purely, with a love that's so intense that we can literally feel your arms around us. I ask you now, right now, Lord, that every person that's in this room, that you'll love on them right now. Let them feel your breath. Let them feel your approval. And that there's no shadow you won't light up. I thank you, Lord. You'll kick anything down. You're going to tear it down because we're your babies. We're your kids. And you're not going to let the enemy wreak havoc on us because you love us. And you're doing it from love. So let us do the same thing and serve you from love, not for love. I pray right now, Father, that any person that don't know you fully will first of all feel your love. And as they come into that place and serve you, they're going to love on you, Lord. They don't have a choice but to see your faithfulness, your purity, and your power, and your purpose. We've all got a purpose, and I thank you. Now, God, I ask you that you will bring our families tighter. Let us love our spouses. Let us love our kids. Let us love your kids greater. God, and let's do it from love. Not doing it for acceptance or for love, but from love. Let us hold our families a little bit tighter because we never know what a day will bring. But let us love like you, Father, with purity. We as your children don't have to perform for you. And our children, our earthly children, don't have to perform for our love. We love them. I pray now for a blessing. I pray, Father, that you'll let there be a brokenness to let them just understand the pure weightiness of your love and your presence that is here right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this word. I thank you for this family at Valley View. Oh, God, you love us. And I truly believe you have marked us, each one of us. And with that marking, we're branded. We carry your name and we carry your love. Let us leave here today knowing 
but your love is extravagant and it's beautiful and it's powerful and it's ours individually as a family as a church body and we give you praise in your mighty name I feel his presence so strong will you reach over and grab the hand of somebody next to you it might be your family either way it's family it could be your blood family but may just be maybe your children or your spouse I want you to love on them just love on them where you are right now I remember that's one thing if I could feel and I feel it now that's one way I knew my daddy when I had my babies he was always there but I'd feel him he just would pat me on the shoulder but that let me know hey babe I'm here for you hey babe I love you I got your back see that's what the Lord's doing right now he's restoring relationships he's letting people know that through his love the love of a relationship can be mended and brought together because we don't hold grudges we don't carry offenses because that's not what love does we keep no record of wrong and I that as we love on our families as we love on our neighbors right now father let it be something real Lord I'm tired of fake I'm tired of pretending but when we love you with all of our heart soul mind body and spirit or there's no false pretense in that because your love is relentless it's reckless and because of that our love can be let our guard down and love people not worrying about their agenda but knowing that we're carrying out your agenda first commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and body and to love your neighbor as yourself so today I declare a love fest over this house that we just love on each other and we're gonna leave happy and we might not remember a lot that's been said but we're gonna know we're gonna love our family we're gonna love our Jesus and he's gonna love us thank you thank you father